0: This Monday is the most patriotic event of the year. And no, I'm not talking about your local fireworks show or the county fair. I'm talking about the 100th anniversary of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's the pinnacle of professional mastication. Eight competitors throw down and hope it stays down. We wanted to know how a normal human with a normal stomach could possibly eat 69 hot dogs. That's the record, by the way. Let alone eat 69 hot dogs in 10 minutes. So we brought in Major League Eating Lifer Crazy Legs Conti to break it all down for us. He talks about how he got into the sport... The nuances involved in pounding different foods and whether or not he's open to an adult diaper sponsorship. I'm Kevin Dubsick, and this is how your world works. So, this weekend is the 100th anniversary of the world famous, Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest. And our guest today is uh, one of the many stars of that contest. He's a noted eater of, besides hot dogs, things like green beans, sweet corn, and oysters. Uh, he's in a documentary called Crazy Legs Conti's Then and the Art of Competitive Eating. And from that, you might be able to guess his name is Crazy Legs Conti. Mr. Conti, Mr. Legs?
1: You can, you can call me Crazy Legs. I answered anything. So, you answered yes. anything.
0: Okay. Crazy Legs, thanks so much for being here.
1: I'm honored to be here. So, this is pretty exciting to combine the uh, know how of, of your popular mechanics with the function of competitive eating. So it's a first. I'm really excited about the science of competitive eating we're going to delve into today.
0: Yeah, and I have to admit, I'm, I'm slightly afraid of the science of competitive eating, but, <laughs> but excited.
1: Well, as long as you've got a bunch of napkins or a bib on hand, then you should be fine.
0: Okay. That's, I think we have those things. All right. Thanks. Um, I guess I should mention, too, before I forget, that this weekend isn't just uh, Nathan's contest, but um, also there's an art show about competitive eating that you're curating. You want to just say a few words about that?
1: Sure. It's called uh, The Art of Competitive Eating, and it'll be at the Counting Room on display uh, July 1st and July 2nd. And on July 2nd, the Saturday night at 8 o'clock, all of the out-of-town Major League Eaters, men and women who are competing at the uh, Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Contest on the 4th, will be there. So it's your chance to not only mingle with the uh, the so to speak, <laughs> but to see that uh, some amazing photography and art, sideshow banners, because when we eat competitively, it's hard to tell our story, both the extremes of the effort it takes mm-hmm. and perhaps the visceral response people have. And some of the art on the walls, I think you'll see, uh, is close-ups of people's hands and food debris and floats. Them. Some might find some of it disgusting. I you know, tend to think uh, in a Salvador Dali way. It's uh, incredibly surreal and beautiful.
0: So uh, let's start just with how how does one get into competitive eating? What's the Crazy Legs Conti story?
1: I was a guy who just loved food, a gourmet and a gourmand. I like good food in large quantities. And through serendipity, I ate uh, a restaurant record, Acme Oysters, during the (laughs) Super Bowl. 34 dozen oysters, just in one sitting.
0: I think you might be the only person who's called eating 34 dozen oysters serendipity.
1: Well, it was, you know, I I had grown up in uh, Maine where I'd eaten lots of lobster. I went to college in Baltimore. I'd eaten lots of crab. So I I always felt like my stomach was a beacon to the ocean's creatures calling them back. But when someone said, if you eat this many oysters, they're free, I couldn't resist. Uh, And I, you know, I'm not going to... Well, I'll give you a spoiler. I won. I was the oyster (laughs) king, the mollusk uh, master, the baron of the bivalve. Some would say I've been chasing that golden moment ever since. It's been 15 years Competitive eating has given me goals I never knew I had for myself. I'm mm-hmm. in a video game, a documentary. I've traveled with Navy Entertainment to entertain the armed forces all over the world. which really? is Yep. Yeah, it's the best thing I've done as a human, not as a competitive eater. We did seven tours. I was on six of them. I ate hot dogs at Guantanamo Bay.
0: Yeah. and So for you, becoming engorged is really the way that you express your patriotism.
1: Yes, exactly. I um you know, I don't need red, white, and blue food in order of the flag, but it doesn't hurt.
0: When you ate thirty-four dozen oysters, mm-hmm. did you have a strategy, or was that just kind of like, I'm just going to go in here and like eat away because I grew up someplace where I did this? Well,
1: it's interesting because in 2002, the big eaters on the circuit were what you would think of when you thought, what does a competitive eater look like? You know, a guy who goes to all-you-can-eat buffets. So crawfish, Nick Stipelkovic, or mo ribs, Molesky were heavy-set guys. Mm-hmm. You'll get today's majorly eating athletes, there's one big man left, it's Badlands Booker, he's on the elliptical every morning getting in shape, but people are in traditional athletic shape because they have to be. You turn your body into the finest human processing machine you possibly can, and that involves being a cross-disciplined athlete, not only across different food groups, but I I run marathons, you know, eaters work out. You look at a guy like Adrian the Rabbit Morgan, who just won oysters this year, and is a Louisiana native who won crawfish, I mean, the guy, you'd think he played professional sports in other things. Yeah. So there's a transition of what happens when, you know, the athletic event revolves around food. You have to be in great shape. In 2002, I just bent over and I slurped a whole bunch of oysters. I cut up my chin. The next year, they required you to use a utensil. And the strategy would change. Sonia, the black... Or you is, cut up your chin just because you were just... Well, you, you couldn't touch the oysters. So the bigger heavy guys would lift up a tray of a dozen and spin them. But I <laughs> felt like my strength was in my, call it, you know, uh, it's I, I don't even know what to call it. Usually I call it oral to manual dexterity, but I wasn't using my hands. I don't, I, I don't want to keep the... the podcast PG, but let's just say I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my technical still with my mouth in the shell was enough to lead me to that oyster title. And then in subsequent years, as forks were required, Sonia the Blackwood of Thomas would figure out an economy of motion where she was forking four to six at a time and swallowing them. And my personal best is 32 dozen in eight minutes but up till this year, Sonia's was forty-seven dozen in eight minutes. It's forty-seven dozen oysters in eight minutes.
0: So that's so like her, so her her like forking technique is kind of like a Fosbury flop sort of absolutely moment. revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And oftentimes after the oystering contest, I, I felt like I'd fallen onto the Fosbury flop where I was on my back. But it. Um, <laughs> but yes, I'd say there's been techniques in different foods that have changed the way competitive eating kind of works, whether it's been with the chicken wing. You know, on Labor Day, the wing festival in Buffalo is an enormous event. Uh, we do a Hooters chicken wing circuit. Most people go to a bar, they just want to keep one hand sauce-free for their beer. So the way we approach the paddles of the flats, the meat-to-bone ratio, you know, is kind of the science that You know, a lot of people in their basement or in their kitchens are staring at the contest food and thinking, how do I eat this better? How do I eat it faster? How do I extrapolate over the six minutes for a sweets contest, eight minutes for a meat or 10 for, you know, a traditional contest? How it works for each eater internally beyond the physiology is kind of a difference of opinion and I'd say (laughs) ethos. Because a lot of people always ask, and I'm sure it may come up, well, what do you do the day of? How do you train? How do you get ready? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you that the stomach can fill up and feel full, but the mind never can. And I believe the next wave of great competitive eating comes from exploring what your mind does during these contests and how to push yourself into uh, a different place.
0: Does it... Does all this food actually fit in your stomach? I mean, if you're eating nine pounds of kimchi or was it sixty-nine hot dogs? I think is the is the record That's right true, now. Yes. I mean, are those all in your stomach? Are they are they, they starting to uh, protrude there, into the intestines? Uh, What's going on there?
1: There is no um, magic to competitive eating. Think of it as Tetris in your stomach. You're stacking this stuff up. Um, the notion of what the human stomach is capable of, and it does unfold like an accordion, is one that really has been only lightly studied by science
0: leading up like for this uh for the nathan's contest do you have specific um, things you do
1: well i think a lot of it is um similar to traditional athletics i, I do a lot of stretching i do a, a neti pot i try to clear my sinuses. i, I really hone in on pre-visualization thinking about where i'm going to be at every moment of the contest mm-hmm and then trying to forget all about that. and I rely on muscle memory when I go in. I've taken to, there's a, I, I probably should mention this, but I, I like to get the sweat of other athletes and put it in my dunking liquid, and that inspires me to each contest. So I have that, and I'll have a little chart sometimes, and I'll know, call it my splits, I'll know what I'm thinking about. But honestly, once the contest begins, uh, it's a journey into the self, and I'm just looking at that food, yeah. and I'm ignoring the eater to my left, the eater to my right. Sometimes I'll end a contest and uh, I, I won't know if I've won or lost or if I'm even in the running.
0: I never thought going into this interview that I would have said this, but it sounds the most to me like uh, ultra-marathoning or ultra-running, where at some point it becomes like a psychological thing.
1: Yes, it's. I would compare it, I can do 26.2 miles, although I think I've retired from that distance. I, I think I like three or four across the Williamsburg Bridge now. Um, <laughs> but in competitive eating, people, I did, uh, at National Harbor, Maryland, we did peeps for five minutes right around Easter. You know, it's a little marshmallow bunny. You'd, you'd eat maybe one or two. You know, I did 75 peeps in five minutes. Uh, unfortunately, I came in seventh. Uh, Matt Megato study ate 201, but that amount— 201 yeah. in no, five well, minutes? No, he, uh, he ate 200. And he won. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's less but, you impressive. Yeah. The two hundred. Yeah, exactly. If he'd done two hundred one, I would be really bragging about it. But um, but that food group was very interesting in the way in which you know marshmallow and and it reacts, and you take sips and you try to get it down. And I finished the contest um, without the sugar rush, just sort of physically spent, but mm-hmm. thinking like, well, that was you know pretty impressive in the way you had to squish it in and and really you know, try to work your way through it. And yeah. to think about how long five minutes is and to exhaust yourself in five minutes of marshmallow peep eating, maybe to most people it would seem preposterous. But to me, it's a reality. So you are correct that um, it's always a marathon of eating, even if mm-hmm. the time is considered a sprint.
0: Yeah. Are there any small little kind of tricks of the trade that maybe listeners could easily put into practice themselves?
1: This is food eating, and it's technique- Related. If it's Ben's Chili Bowl in, in, in D.C., where we do a contest every year, you get a bowl of that chili, and you figure out, well, how many spoonfuls into my mouth does it take? How often am I going to sip from this cup? So really, it's technique related to a specific food. And if it's a debris food, like ribs or chicken wings, you really have to have your technique down. But in terms of uh, day-to-day eating, I never encourage anybody to you know, take down these restaurant challenges or five-pound burritos or things like that. Food is supposed to be fun. In our contests, because there's prize money on the line, because you've traveled to a place you've never been before and you're kind of a, a hired assassin of eating, it takes on greater gravitas. And, and I, I think what I've seen mostly on the circuit now, which is surprising, is not a cutthroat you know, every man mm-hmm. and woman for themselves. But people are trying to elevate their game by sharing techniques. Adrian the Rabbit Morgan showed me his crawfish technique, having been weaned on crawfish, and that led to me, you, you know, coming in second or third, you know, mm-hmm. when, when we've done uh, either Rouse's crawfish or foods that normally in other sports you, you wouldn't see somebody say, listen, let me help you out because it helps all of us out to, yeah. to keep pushing.
0: Yeah. I was looking at Nathan specifically over the years, and um, up until like the mid-90s, the people who won would eat like 20 hot dogs. Mm-hmm. And now the award is so much higher. And you think that's just people pushing themselves or is there have there the, advances in technique? Or yeah, you-
1: the notion of why people are getting better and the numbers are going up, I think, is twofold. Is the age of social media, the age of these contests being seen and people understanding what it takes... And then it's really coming internally from the eaters, who have always treated it like a sport uh, when other people have looked at it differently. Uh, Joey Jaws Chestnut pursued Takeru Kobayashi for years to try to take that belt away. When I ate, Kobayashi was the secretariat of the stomach, meaning I might be lucky to get to the 20s, and he was eating 50. Yeah. He was, so Joey was the first person who thought, I can beat this guy, and joey won the yellow mustard belt for eight years until a very young matt Megatoad Stoney thought well i can be number one
0: yeah speaking of kobayashi in uh to c- keep this running metaphor going mm-hmm. it sort of seems like japan is like the kenya of competitive eating uh you why, know, why is that
1: well uh takeru kobayashi's father is a marathon runner uh I traveled to Japan because I was friends with him. One of the greatest casual dining meals of my life was I ate fugu with him, the deadly blowfish. And we did survive. <laughs> I had very lucid dreams. But uh, of the eaters on the planet, and if the question is, are great eaters made or are they born? I see Takeru Kobayashi and Sonia the Black Widow Thomas, who'd be fighting to reclaim her um, championship at July 4th as kind of the two humans whose physiologically they're, they're just different from the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of the other eaters as people who have trained their bodies and their minds to do an athletic endeavor um, not dissimilar from, you know, from, your, from running. You can get faster at running. You just have to keep doing it. You have mm-hmm. to figure out the mechanics that, that make your stride better, that make the conditions better. Yeah.
0: So we're actually going to have you show us the technique, and then uh, me and our producer Katie McDonald, we're gonna actually try to eat some. Um, I just want to kind of go through a lightning round of different foods that sure. I was curious. All right. I want some of these. I think you have eaten competitively, but I'm just I want to know how would you eat this the fastest Absolutely. way possible. Let's so the first one, which I know you've done. Chicken wing. What's the fastest way to eat chicken wing?
1: All right. So you you got to eat the paddles first, the two bones. You pop it in the mouth. You pull them out at a 45 degree angle. You'll have no meat left. Drumsticks. You got to spin them like a top, but on your lower teeth um, so that the meat comes off and then drop that one and keep moving.
0: Okay, uh, frosted mini-wheats.
1: Frosted mini-wheats would be interesting because the dry crunchiness is going to be very tough. So my advice would be what you're going to do is load them in um, to the left and right side of your, your cheeks, cover all quadrants, mm-hmm. and take a sip of liquid so it's soaking and then just start bullet- uh, pummeling them down your throat after they've soaked in your mouth for a little while. So it's going to look a little gross. Um, again, it's going to be a little bit of a Louis Armstrong scenario. Yeah.
0: And if you undersoak, that could be painful.
1: Oh, uh, you don't want to undersoak. Yeah. No. If you've undersoaked, you've lost the contest and you would might you, as well just. You would know,
0: you go water or milk there?
1: Got to go water. So you, you would think milk is a natural. Or tang. Uh, well, t- well, yes. You can go, well, Hot beverages are generally the rule of thumb. Joey Chestnut uh, feels that it. it loosens up all the internal sphincters. I've often said to him, does he wear an adult diaper, though? Because there's one sphincter you really don't want to let go. You yeah. Know? But, um, Is that
0: something? Do people wear diapers?
1: Uh, I had a Bratwurst contest that I wore an adult <laughs> diaper because I had some trouble in the preliminaries, but I didn't have to use it. <laughs> um, I am willing to accept sponsorship from an adult diaper contest, but no, for the most part, if if that that's not against the rules, but let's be honest. You want to go to the after party and impress the groupies? Yeah. That's not going to do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, what about... Uh, ice cream in a cone.
1: Ah, okay. So ice cream in a cone is tough. I was hoping you'd say spoon. Um, cone. What I would recommend for a cone is actually go cone, go the point first. Okay, mm-hmm. hold it in the in the palm of your hand. Hold that scoop and go cone cone first because the shells are going to crunch up. You got to do a quick wood chipper motion with your front teeth, and then you're going to push it all in and hope that the ice cream uh, kind of mixes in with the giblets of crushed cone. And then you're going to take a sip of, you're just going to pick up the warm beverage, take one sip, and wash it all down. You're kind of creating a log flume of broken cone and ice cream in your mouth.
0: OK. And then I just want to know what you think would be the hardest thing to eat fast.
1: The hardest food? Well, we know on the circuit that, that hot dogs and buns are the most difficult in the logistics, because you've got a, a fair-sized meat that's the dense, and then a bun that you're trying to have to work out. There was a photo in Life Magazine a few years back of uh, President Obama eating a hot dog, and we had heard that he had watched the contest. And I looked at his technique of just casually dying that hot dog, and I thought, yeah, he, he wants to be out there. So he and, and the First Lady have yet to phone the winners yeah. on July 4th, but I still have hope. I'm that,
0: kind of offended by that. I think they should. This might be like a real hole in his, uh, in his hey, resume. All as, those, all those famous
1: sports teams get to visit the White House. Um, I, through my travels, have met a few— People who work in different uh, government agencies, and apparently uh, the administration is a fan of competitive eating. So we hope. Really? Yeah, we hope that uh, one day, you know, the phone will ring at uh, Major League Eating Headquarters at Nathan's Famous on July 4th, and and the two winners, men and women, will get to talk to, uh, you know, the leader of the free world and congratulate them (laughs) on being the most patriotic by eating the most hot dogs.
0: I think that's only fitting.
1: Will we take a moment to turn the Popular Mechanics podcast studio
0: into a makeshift Nathan's hot dog stand? Let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsors.
1: So the first technique I would show you is uh, a separation one. We have our beverage here. I'm using tang because it's good in space and it works for hot dog dunking. And I'm going to uh, flip this up. I'll give you a little insider tip. Always go with the nubs so they match up on the molars. And then I'm going to dunk the bun And just try to get a nice rhythm going. So this one goes in like this. What do you think, Katie? Can you do that? (laughs) I don't know. And that one goes down. Oh, you know what I forgot? You're already done. I should, yeah. So I should put on the competition t-shirt. Wait, how long?
0: Um, long I completely forgot. I blinked
1: and it was. So you have you have five seconds to dunk, but it, it depends on how much liquid you want. Okay. to help you get that hot dog down.
0: So,
1: um, i tell you what, I'll show you, Katie, a technique that I think should have revolutionized the sport. So this technique, what I'll show you, we'll do a wood chipper style for the dog, okay. which is where you load it in left to right, kind of chewing as you go, because you're trying to break it up into small parts as possible. There's nothing phallic about me waving it <laughs> around either. Um, and then we're going to reverse the bun so that the fleshy underside soaks up more of the liquid. So I'm going to go for a longer dunk this time in the hopes that I can just pop the bun in. It's sort of a soaking wet sponge and just wash down all that dog. Before you begin, are yes. you counting in your head 1, Mississippi, 2, like how are you? No, I just know from 15 years of major league experience. Oh, so it's yeah, muscle memory. Okay. You, the the biggest thing you got to think about is no matter what techniques I show you when it's go time, you've just got to get in the zone. You've got to forget all the you know, everything around you, the screaming fans, the groupies, and just focus on the food in you. It's a journey into the self. Okay. So this one, I'll do the wood chipper. So I'm going to go and I'm going to flip the bun and keep it for a little longer soak. So it's sort of this and then get it down. So that was pretty good. I did lose a little bun in there that would count against me, but
0: how do they count that? Yeah, I was going to say. Because
1: there's uh, judging at the end of the contest. Like, this would, this would be very bad if, if uh, I left it in there. So, Because um, there are thousands of dollars on the line, and Nathan's this year has agreed to pay um, every place finisher, both men's and women's, which is the first time in the contest history and it will be done. So you can see a nice soaking bun, and your carpet cleaner is going to love this <laughs> later, um, goes down a little easier than, obviously, a dry one. So the last technique I'll show you, because you're going to be competing... Is a difficult one. And the biggest eaters, uh, the maelstrom of meat, the ones in the center of the table, this is what they do. So, oh, Mickey Sudo and Sign of the Black Widow Thomas competing for the Women's Crown or Deep Fried Diva, Meredith Boxberger with the best smile in competitive eating okay. or Michelle Eskimo Lesko. They all do this technique, as does Joey Jaws Chestnut, and Matt Megatode Stoney, which is two dogs at once. All right? Oh. So you have to load them in to the <coughs> left and right um, and then you really sort of, fill your mouth up with meat, it's sort of chipmunking, and then you're gonna dunk one bun, load it in incrementally and swallow, and then dunk the other bun. So it's sort of the notion <laughs> oh of two at once. You line them up. Oh no, man down.
0: Do you, have, do you know which technique you think you're gonna try yet, Katie? I don't
1: know yet. I
0: know, I need like, I'm gonna need some time to mentally prepare.
1: I think that the first one... So that is... I <laughs> think... <laughs> <laughs> that is sort of uh, the double-dog technique. The double-dog. Double-dog, dare you but, um. But wait, what do they do since it's <clears throat> five on a plate? Well, then I would finish this one and I'd move to my next plate. So, and I would do that for ten minutes. And I'd try not to hit the wall. You know, the greatest moments in sport, I think all of us would agree, are the last two minutes of a major-leaguing event. When I prepare for the World Kale Eating Championship... On uh, Saturday, the ninth, in Buffalo, the last two minutes are when dreams are made and realities are broken. And in hot dogs and buns, you can't lose focus. You can't dunk a hot dog and drop your bun. I, I think I had a nub go elsewhere. That happened to me in a Charlotte <laughs> qualifier against a guy named Dizzleflex, Wait, so and I like, lost my quarter. Well? That counts against me. I got to really like. It's early yet. I've got to up my game. I usually wear gloves so that slippage doesn't happen. Uh. But um, those are three techniques. I'm going to let you guys figure out what you want to do
0: can i ask one last thing yes uh you talked about this a little bit when we were setting up but just for the sake of everybody watching and listening Mm. now how do you size up these dogs what are you looking
1: for in a dog um in terms of what uh i'm afraid of yeah all right so the i'll give this one to you guys uh, Nathan's dogs are amazing, and like snowflakes, no two are alike, so I've always wished that ESPN, which broadcasts uh, the contest on July 4th on 1, 2, and 3 this year, would do a night before hot dog draft, where myself, I qualified with 22, so I'm going to have to pick last, but Matt Megatode-Stoney, the defending champ, he picks his, you know, they come in packs of 40, because if you look, some of these are what we call uh, widow-makers, you know, which I'm looking for one over here. I'm, Kate, I'm going to take that. I'm going to sub yeah. yours out. Go for so one. it. It's oh, come so on. Much bigger, <laughs> no. It's so much bigger than the bun, whereas some might be, let me see if I can find you a cigar stub, but you have no choice in competitive eating. Whatever is on oh. your plate, this one's a little, little smaller, is, is what's on your plate. So it is a mental thing where... I mean, that's, that's a quarter inch, which I know counts a lot more on prom night, but it also counts on uh, <laughs> a competitive eating as well. So the notion is you've just got to eat the dog no matter what happens. Okay. But, but I'm going to give you the one that I just handled. That's that is fine. the uh, cigar <laughs> stuff.
0: So, yes. <laughs> that's okay. We,
1: we, we live in a world where you have to finish everything on your plate before you advance. And the world record is 69 hot dogs and buns, and only three humans in history have gotten to 65 have gotten to 50. Most eaters this year are eating in the 30s and that's men and women uh, and that's an incredible number. When my personal best is 25.25 um, they put their our, our numbers on the back, but I think I deserve a symbol because I've been doing this so long that <laughs> I've eaten an infinite amount of Nathan's hot dogs, and uh, I do <laughs> yeah, look forward to now. July Fourth. So wait, how are you feeling right now? You just ate. I, to be completely honest, like I didn't even notice that my body feels no <laughs> difference. <laughs> that would be uh, <laughs> I was like, like breathing a, or if taking I'm running some a, water. if I'm running a marathon. That's kind of like the first three miles where you're feeling like oh, yeah, it's nice to be outside. You know, I'm like, oh, it, it, so until you reminded me, I didn't even remember that I'd eaten any Nathan's hot dogs today.
0: It's like, I would, oh.
1: All right, well, you're about to find out. So we, we do have safety precautions in place, um, which is important for major league eating. And are you, are you ready to eat against each other? Is this what we're going to see?
0: Uh, yeah, there's a few things we have to announce. Oh, really? Okay. So one is that, so the goal is to see who can just eat too fastest. Mm-hmm. Um, Crazy Legs suggested that, this means cleared from your mouth. Because yes. in competition, when the buzzer sounds, when it's time-based, what's in your mouth, you have a certain amount of time to finish. Absolutely. So we but for would, us, yeah. it's all the way down.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, uh, you can figure out your, your victory war cry when you clear your mouth. <laughs> um, but whatever you'd like to say uh, you know, when you're done, that'd be great. And don't forget you have the liquid not only to dunk if you choose to dunk, um, but also to drink from to help you clear. I'm going to add to the stakes. I'm going to throw in... A game-worn jersey from a past contest. Um, Now, this one comes from the Buffalo Wing Festival. You can see it is still slightly uh, stained. (laughs) And this was the uh, .5K chicken run. So after we ate a bunch of chicken wings, (laughs) we had to run .5K. (laughs) Because after you've eaten 120 chicken wings in 12 minutes, you don't really want to go far. So whoever wins will receive Well, now this. I'm motivated. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to add to the Game War Jerseyness and get a little of that out there. <laughs> but yes, now you've got reason okay. to get going. All right, All right, so why don't you guys prepare yourself. Okay. Um, get your beverage ready. Get your plate of five. I mean, who knows? If it goes to overtime, we might need those extra dogs. Um, and then just remember that, that you're trying to pre-visualize yourself. It's July 4th. You're on stage at Nathan's. It's the 100th anniversary you're eating the American dream. Ida and Nathan Handiworker created this dog, a stand. They undercut the, the price by half. It was a nickel. They started for 300 bucks. It's now a juggernaut industry. But all you're there to do is to host that bejeweled yellow mustard belt <laughs> and make your claim. That's a good call. Get the tie out of the way. Okay, you don't, I wish I had something. You know? Like, uh, tuck, your, tuck your necklace under your Yeah. But think of it this way: like any other endeavor, you just got to get into the zone. You've got to ignore everything around you, and before you know it, hopefully those two hot dogs and buns will be gone. So you feel good; your eaters are ready.
0: Yeah, I think I know my technique. All right, so
1: I'm going to count down from five, and then you're going to start eating. Okay. Now, no one wants any condiments, I assume, right? No. That Wouldn't would be I a ru- that would be a rookie mistake. I'm glad you said no. <laughs> I was going to All say. right, so here we go: in five, four, three. Two, one, begin eating. All right. So both are splitting the dogs, and it looks like Katie's going for a very long dunk on the top end. No laughing, Katie. Keep eating. Kevin has got a nice fold going there, but is doing a lot of chewing. He's sort of nibbling like a chipmunk. All right. Let's get it in there, Katie. You could do it. Uh, Kevin is at one and three quarters almost completed. And I could see you can see Katie's arms are starting to shake a little bit. She's getting the meat sweats, which is what happens uh, when you, you've sort of like just entered the zone. Um, now, see, I can see already. Kevin has got the killer instinct going. Oh, no talking during the contests. You can talk at the end. Katie actually is doing pretty well because she's just loaded in her second dog, whereas Kevin may be hitting the wall already. If Katie can get that in and down, she is certainly in the lead, which is pretty impressive. Although, no surprise to me, as female eaters on the circuit are doing incredibly big things. Now, she's got everything loaded in. All she has to do is clear. She might want to take a sip of the beverage. That might be a little hint to help her clear. And then she's got to say something. And then Facebook Live, Popular Mechanics, and the podcast will have a clear-cut winner. I win. Wow. I win. Look at that. I win. Yes. congratulations. <laughs> Katie, well done. All right, I'm gonna present you with this which is uh, which should be a I Nathan's that, t-shirt should kill me. yes that was phenomenal Katie <laughs> well done so uh, now uh, I think oh, man, I can't believe you started off a little You're slow off, a little Oh deep. is that? come <laughs> in everybody come in they, they, you've, you've eaten your way off frame if that's possible that's <laughs> amazing get away from the hot dog. <laughs> yeah yeah so so Katie I am very impressed because you started off very gingerly and delicately and then I just saw that sort of warrior woman kick in. <laughs> You you really timed the uh, the dunk well, under five seconds, that first one. Yeah, the and first then one was a mistake. I did not real Well, I was so preoccupied with eating the sausage that I was... Hot dog, hot dog. Hot dog. Please, let's, me, you know, let's call hot it what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have sausage contests, completely different excuse food me. stuff. Yes. Um, I was so focused on eating. I did not realize how long it was in the cup. <laughs> right, right. So All that right. was my mistake. But I learned for the second hot dog, and I did not soak it as long. All right, very nice. Now, Kevin, you got out of the gate pretty fast. I... Thought you were going to run away with it. There was there any difficulty you ran into?
0: Uh, I think I actually didn't get a good enough dunk on the ah, second bun, okay. and it was a little bit too spacious inside my mouth. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had like the swallowing issues. Okay. And then when you told her to take a drink to help get it down, I realized that I should have thought of that myself much earlier.
1: I, Look, I wouldn't have. There should be. There's. There's no judgment in brainstorming, and there's no judgment <laughs> uh, at your first ever sort of major league eating entrance contest.
0: So on the 4th of July, what
1: time is the main event? So the festivities start at 10 a.m., and the women eat at 11 a.m. for their 10-minute contest. The men will eat at uh, 1240. There's a lot of pageantry involved. You can tune in from ESPN 1, 2, or 3, and media worldwide is there. But if you can make it to the corners of Stillwell and Surf, uh, there's 35,000 people there for one reason alone, and that's to not only enjoy our independence but to see the weapons of mass digestion, eat as many hot dogs (laughs) and celebrate our freedom.
0: And that's our show. How Your World Works is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jesse Wright Mendoza. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Brian D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. Also, don't forget to check out our sister show, The Most Useful Podcast Ever. And if you want to read more about competitive eating, check out our website, popularmechanics.com slash podcasts. While you're there, you should know that you can subscribe to the print and digital editions of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 for one year. I'm Kevin Dupsick. Thanks for listening.